Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the AppleBits XL. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign in for free and book a top-rated doctor. And also, thanks to EverlyWell for supporting the AppleBits XL as well. Take control of your health and well-being Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash applebits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. Aloha. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome everybody to the show. I am back. I am back from my break. I took basically about a one and a half week break to completely disconnect. I kind of told you all about this a little earlier. Been going strong literally two years straight and I needed it for my sanity. So I went to Hawaii. After that, I came back home and then went to two back-to-back BTS concerts in Los Angeles. And it was amazing. And you know what? I'm refreshed. I'm recharged. Actually, I'm a little tired from those BTS concerts, but we are back here. So we're going to get back to the kind of the regular news weekly flow. And, you know, it's kind of a good time to take a break because there hasn't been too much impactful news. We're getting into December, the holiday season. So we're going to kind of start doing shows that are giving us perspective, maybe about what the year, kind of the overall year that Apple had in 2021, what to look forward to in 2022 and what products and things that we can look forward to as well next year that we're really excited about. I know already on a lot of people's lists, the new iMac Pro, the new MacBook Air, and who knows what the iPhone and the Apple Watch bring in. Will we finally see Apple's AR glasses next year? I mean, that could be at least the new, new thing that shakes things up a little bit from a product standpoint, at least for Apple, and also kind of brings a new wrinkle to their product lineup and is unlike anything that they have. So I think that can be really interesting as well. But this is episode 197. Thank you all for rolling with me. Look, if you want to be a part of the show, you guys and gals are crucial to the texture of this show. All you got to do is record a voice memo, send it into applebitshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z, your name, where you're from. Keep it around a minute 30 and we will put you in the show. Also, I am completely 100% independent, and this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support me. It starts at $2 per month. You can go up to $5, $10, $25, or the $100 Platinum Apple level, but what do you get? If you know the drill, you get early access to content, you get rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of this show. Plus, we do, we've done fitness challenges with rewards. We've also done, and we still do, a monthly Zoom call for an hour where we just really get plugged in. You get access to my brain. I get access to your brains, and we kind of have fun and hang out. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. And for all of you who have supported me over the years, I'm so grateful you literally allow me to keep doing this. So thank you so much. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support. All right, so Let's get to the show here, and I told you, I just got back from Hawaii. Sometimes I kind of like worry about, oh, is it going to be a big dr- a story that drops? Is it going to be something that I'm totally you know, out of the loop, and it's important for me to bring perspective and commentary, and quite honestly, nothing really big dropped, but we do have some new news this week, kind of like that bubbled to the top that I said, okay, we have some topics, some things that are brewing that are worth talking about, and 
you know, whenever we talk Apple, the iPhone is like the beginning, the end. It's it's the center. It's the heart of kind of every conversation around Apple. And we're not going to talk about the iPhone 14 this week, but reports, according to Taiwanese research firm from TrendForce, New iPhone SE reportedly on track for release in the first quarter of 2022. That would peg it somewhere between January and March. Now, we had the release of the iPhone SE two years ago, and that still retains the kind of smaller form factor with a 4.7-inch display. You got the Touch ID home button. You got the thicker bezels, but it is a classic, easily handheld design and also why this iPhone SE still has a place in the iPhone product line is because we know that all indications say that we will no longer all reports are saying that we're no longer going to see an iPhone mini and that they may possibly discontinue it I mean everyone is saying they'll discontinue it we're gonna have to wait until they officially do it and what does make sense is I've got to imagine the iPhone mini and the iPhone SE still appeals to that same audience who wants a smaller form factor, but you have the higher-end users that want the mini. Well, look, Apple will just say, buy the regular iPhone. You have no other choice now. You're going to spend a little more for it. We're going to make more profits. And if you really want that kind of, let's call it the retro design, and there's still a lot of people, look, my mama, if there was a phone that she would want to get today, if they're putting out an iPhone SE in 2022 because she needs a new iPhone, that would probably be the best phone for her from just the standpoint of being comfortable with it, still having the touch ID, like a complete touch screen for her. That is intimidating. We've talked about it. I haven't even moved her over to new iPhone yet purely because she's so comfortable with the iPhone SE. So an iPhone SE in 2022, the first quarter is targeted. Trendforce says that this new SE will remain that mid-range smartphone with added support for 5G coming next year. Also, in this mid-range 5G smartphone, it's forecasted to sell roughly 25 to 30 million units. And yes, in court, in case you're wondering, there are people that are still looking to buy an iPhone with a Touch ID home button. Also, other upgrades to the device could point to not only 5G support that we said, but also a faster processor, reportedly an A15 chip. So this thing is going to go vroom, vroom. This is going to be a fast mid-range iPhone in You know, we've seen how Tim Cook's strategy of having all these different phones and having all these different levels and now, again, being able to use processors that are cheaper to produce because they've been out for a while, the manufacturing and the costs have gone down, and then take those chips and put them in something like an entry-level model or a mid-range model and generate more revenue from that. So this is a no-brainer. This falls in line specifically with the kind of Tim Cook philosophy and how they have done iPhones in the past and having roughly, I believe, like five iPhone models available for you to buy today. Now, the original iPhone SE released in March 2016 and discontinued in September 2018. Then we had a second generation iPhone SE that launched in April of 2020. It still is being sold. And right now the pricing starts at $399 for 64 gigs of storage and then a $449 model from 128 gigs of storage. So you've got to imagine that this new iPhone SE reportedly ready to roll in the first quarter of 2022 will also be roughly around that price. Now, 
if we're talking about products that you know have the little retro feel, let's go. Let's go back. Turn back the hands of time, and we got to talk about <laughs> Air Power. Remember that Apple's charging pad that could charge a phone, could charge uh, Apple Watch, and an AirPods case, and it used multiple coils. And reports from Sonny Dixon had said that they were having problems and issues with keeping this actual pad cool because of all these coils going on at once. And eventually, the AirPower multi-device wireless charging pad was canceled, right? It was it was even printed on the back of, I believe, second-generation AirPods. And I, I, I believe I even bought a pair just because, to me, sometimes you have these weird, quirky, retro moments. And the packaging itself said compatible with AirPower. My voice almost just died there. Compatible with AirPower, but the AirPower never came to be. It was, in fact, announced in September of 2017 alongside the launch of the iPhone 8, the iPhone 10, and they were hoping that it would launch sometime in 2018. That never happened, and then Apple officially canceled the project in March of 2019. So the latest report, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman and his Power On newsletter, is that Apple still intends to create some sort of a wireless charging accessory that would potentially still charge multiple devices like an iPhone, an Apple Watch, and AirPods all at once. And since that time, we've seen Apple roll out MagSafe charging for its phones. Then you had that kind of like little flip piece, the MagSafe Duo accessory, which could come in handy if you're traveling that could that could charge an iPhone and an Apple Watch, but it doesn't support the new fast charging for an Apple Watch, but it could at least do an Apple Watch and iPhone together in tandem. Um, it's basically two wireless chargers just joined together. But German says that Apple is still planning to release some sort of charging device that can charge all three of these products. Um, he specifically mentions in his article that not only is Apple working on this new, this new multi-charging pad, they're also working on short and long distance wireless charging devices. And Apple is hoping and imagining for a future where all of its major devices can charge each other. We've actually seen patents over, geez, I feel at least the past three years uh, that show, you know, images or, you know, renderings from Apple's actual patent applications of things like the iPhone or things like the Apple Watch resting on the back of an iPad or resting on kind of that large space next to the trackpad on either the right or left side of a MacBook Pro or even on the surface of a MacBook Pro. So Apple's been thinking about this for a while. Again, we always say, hey, patents, you never know if they're going to really come true or not. But Apple is hoping that this is still part of their future to have an iPad that could charge an iPhone and then maybe an iPhone that charges AirPods or an Apple Watch. And even the diagrams, I remember, they they showed them stacked on top of each other. Um, really, I guess there is some, you know, also we've heard of reverse wireless charging capabilities for the iPhone series in the past. And the closest that we've really ever gotten to that is with its MagSafe battery pack that can receive power from an iPhone when, um, you know, the MagSafe battery pack is plugged in and charging. So look, I think what's more fascinating is the long range wireless charging. We've seen other companies actually start putting out, you know, concepts of what it could be like. But, you know, I'm not, I'm going to say don't hold your breath 
for any type of multi-charging device from Apple anytime soon. I mean, I feel like this is the type of product, again, they canceled it or they hoped to launch it in 2018 and they canceled it in 2019. This is the type of product that we might be talking about, I kid you not, in like 2023 or 2024 because, you know, Belkin, they've had kind of these multi-charging devices and this is not an ad by no means, but they had sent me one just to check out and it's kind of like this now, this long, flat rectangle, super clean design, elongated where you can put your phone down flat. It's like a pad or long rectangle. Via MagSafe, you can put down your iPhone. You can put your AirPods in the center. And then the trick here is the Apple Watch charger supports the new fast charging feature. So that allows you to get um, you know, 33% faster charging than the prior generation. So you have the new Apple Watch Series 7. You get the fast charging feature on this new Belkin 3-in-1 charger. That, to me, it does cost, I believe, $149, around $159. It's called the Boost Charge Pro. Check it out. But to me, that is the product that the Apple AirPower should have been, could have been all these years. And it's the design is really clean. And if that's something that you're looking for and to charge three devices, to me right now, that is the one to get. Absolutely the one to get in it. You know, it just integrates. You could put it even like on a kitchen counter. They make it in white or black that could just really blend in and just drop your devices on there. Put them near your bedroom, on your dresser. Drop your devices on there. I think it is my favorite charger, multi-charger right now. So... If you're curious to check it out, it's called the Belkin Boost Charge Pro 3-in-1. Um, it's not available to ship yet, but it's expected to ship sometime this month in December or in January. So I think if you talk about air power and things like that, let's look forward um, to that. Also, we've talked about this a few times, just kind of the future of the MacBook Air and what are kind of the features that everyone's looking forward to. Well, we know that the MacBook Air is expected to come sometime in 2022. You know, Apple's already released the MacBook Pro with the new M1 Pro, the M1 Max. They did the original M1 13-inch MacBook Pro alongside the earlier M1 MacBook Air. But we've seen kind of renderings. Everyone believes that, oh my gosh, it's also going to have the notch, but kind of some things to keep an eye on or things to keep in your mind about the new MacBook Air that is expected to come sometime roughly in the first half of 2022. Uh, No more wedge design, right? You kind of have that blade type design. The current MacBook Airs have that. Well, the new MacBook Air is expected to look a lot more like the MacBook Pro. We don't know how thick it's going to be, but it's expected to have a more uniform body design, thin, rectangular, um, but it won't have as many ports as the MacBook Pro. It's only expected to have maybe a couple USB-C ports, and then it'll also have the MagSafe connection as well. Where rumors are saying that you know these new MacBook Airs will also kind of piggyback on the iMac aesthetic and will use white bezels around the display, matching kind of that off-white keyboard. You get the full function keys as well. Will will the notch be in white? I mean, some people are, rumors are suggesting that the notch on the MacBook Air will be white. And that would be consistent, but, you know, to keep that bezel looking similar. And we'll see how people resonate with that. I mean, 
I use the MacBook Pro constantly. And when I have the screen open, I see the notch. But over time, I kind of like, you just have to ignore it. I mean, if it's part of your machine and you invested this much into it, you just got to stop bitching about it. Also, multiple colors to kind of piggyback on that theme that the new M1 iMac established. We're expected to see several color options and it makes the most sense to make them align with what we've seen with the iMac that has, geez, I called it the Infinity Mac for iMac because it has every single color, blue, green, pink, silver, yellow, orange, and purple. And then you remember the front of the iMacs are different than the back. The back kind of has the deeper colors of like blue, I think is more like a teal. The green is that kind of deeper forest green, or sorry, the blue is like the deeper blue. The green is kind of more of like a teal, but green. The the rear of a pink one is red, the silver, silver. The yellow one has this kind of like deeper sunflower yellow. Um, The orange is a deeper orange. And then the purple on the back is almost like a, an indigo violet purple, which I love. It has even like, yeah, like a little bluish tinge to it. So, it makes sense to them to align those colors and kind of make the MacBook Air the entry-level consumer model for laptops that match its MacBook, or sorry, that match its iMac M1 processor lineup. Mini LED display expected with promotion technology. We don't know if Safari will support six uh, 120 hertz refresh rate yet on those MacBook Airs and I have been on break, but I have not seen any word that that has been fixed, but I had read kind of a quick note or an article that Safari is equipped to now support 120 hertz, but the flip still hasn't been switched on. If I'm wrong, you can correct me, but that's just kind of like a headline I saw recently over that break. And then also rumors of what processor will be in this new MacBook Air and The logical thing would be a new M2 chip, not an M1 Pro chip, not as powerful as the M1 Pro and an M1 Max chip, but a next generation of the M1 expected to feature an eight core CPU, faster performance, and then maybe nine or 10 GPU cores up from the seven or the eight in the M1. Um, The other thing that is being thrown around is that we're all calling it the MacBook Air right now, but it might not even be an Air at all, right? That rumor is maybe we could see Apple revert back to kind of the standard MacBook name. And I kind of, if it has a similar design to the MacBook Pros and is, you know, does, gets rid of the blade name, it, it does simplify the name. Hey, we got the MacBook and the MacBook Pro lineup once again, kind of keeping a clean, distinct, you know, difference between Pro and not Pro. Uh, we don't know if this is true or not. So the error the air naming might still stick around, but I think it does make more sense to streamline its Mac naming and just go MacBook and MacBook Pro. I don't know. What do y'all think about that? Guess what? You know how you can let me know? You can tell me. You can call in to our show, applebitsshow at gmail.com, your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, and what do you think about like the naming thing? Is, is that something that we're going to see? Is that going to really happen? Well, we will find out sometime next year. All right. Thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring the show. You know what? Being independent was a whole new ballgame for me when it came to figuring out my health care. And there are times when you all need a doctor and not just in a week or two or a month. You need a doctor now, not in a few days and definitely not in a few months. So if you need to see an MD ASAP, we've got a solution. Just download the free ZocDoc app. It's the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, 
read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Never wait on hold with a receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. So go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. Now is the time to prioritize your health. So go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Now, many are available as soon as today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash AppleBits. And thanks to Everlywell for sponsoring the show as well. Take a moment to answer this question. How are you feeling today? Well, if the answer is anything less than great, it's time to learn more and demand better for your body. Take control of your health and well-being with an at-home lab test from Everlywell. Everlywell offers affordable at-home lab tests that give you trusted physician-reviewed results. Choose from tests including food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, thyroid, and much more. And here's how it works. Go to everlywell.com slash AppleBits and choose your test. Everlywell ships your test straight to your door with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Return the test to a CLIA-certified lab with a prepaid shipping label. Then your physician-reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just days. Over 1 million people have trusted Everlywell with their at-home lab testing. I recently took the stress and sleep test, so I'm really curious to see what my results will end up being. And for listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash AppleBits. That's everlywell.com slash AppleBits for 20% off your at-home lab test. All right, we don't have too many kind of stories that are really big ones, but there's been some stuff around the Apple Watch world, and this is kind of a fun one because two of Apple execs um, talked to Hypebeast. I know we've, if you've heard the term Hypebeast, you know what it means, but it's also a website. And so they spoke to them about the Apple Watch bands. It's Evans Hankey, all right? Apple's Vice President of Industrial Design, and then Stan Ng, Apple's Vice President of Product Marketing. So look, I once you get an Apple Watch, I don't know about you all, but I legit, I might have, geez, maybe 10 to 15 Apple Watch bands. And I think there's some people that might even say 10, eh, maybe like 12, actually. Okay, so 12. Maybe like, that's a lot. But I think there's a lot more people that are saying, that's not that many. Um, you know, because there's so many different versatile ones. You have the different new kind of loops that I love that just are one single piece that go around the wrist. You got leather ones. You got the metal steel link that I have from day one. My very first Apple Watch Series Zero steel link that I think that band itself cost somewhere, geez, at the time. I don't remember, but this sounds horrible. But I think it costs around like 250 maybe $300 as a stainless steel steel link band. So people to this day ask me, where did you get your Apple Watch band? And they still do sell it, but the fact that it's lasted and I have no issues whatsoever with the actual clasp or the durability of it, the sturdiness of it, and I'm at Apple Watch Series 7 now, and that Apple Watch band has worked on all the models, even through the different size changes, I love that. So look, Apple Watch bands, they're still like, typically I think they're around 40 or $50 and you can go higher than that, especially if you want to kind of play with the luxury stuff. But in this interview with hype beast the two uh apple employees talked about and this made me feel better one of the hallmark characters of the apple watch is specifically that the bands from previous years have so far 
been compatible with the newest models in the same size, right? We There was a time where the Apple Watch, the actual physical watch was 40 millimeters and 44 millimeters tall. And then they changed that to 41 and 45 millimeters this year with the Apple Watch Series 7. And Hanke said that the backwards compatibility remains a top priority for the Apple Watch team. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Now, they also talked about how, look, the Apple Watch bands themselves, they include no technology, but their design plays an important role in making sure that the functionality of the Apple Watch doesn't get interrupted. Um, They also say that Apple Watch bands feature innovations to ensure that they're comfortable and don't ruin the Apple Watch experience. But I think looking forward down the road, I would like to see an evolution in the Apple Watch bands from Apple, you know, there's um there's like a port that's been on them for a while um, that hasn't been really utilized. And whether it's whether it does get utilized or not, look, I've talked about how I love the idea of a Dick Tracy FaceTime camera Apple Watch. Just make it for me. I don't care if no one else wants it. I'll talk to myself on it. I still think that would be such a killer feature. And you know what? We're not going to put the camera on the watch face. Ideally, it's probably going to be, if it ever happened, on the watch band. And maybe over time, they can make it a sleeker solution. But things like we've seen, maybe more health sensors integrated into the Apple Watch band. Maybe additional battery power integrated into a future Apple Watch band. And something like a FaceTime camera integrated into an Apple Watch band. Now, I know really the Apple Watch bands have been a fashion play, a style play up to this point, right? And it's important for, kind of, I love how they fit, specifically the sport loops. I love how they fit. I mean, they're they're also really expensive, but they're one of my favorite Apple Watch bands. You know, Apple partners with Hermes, if I'm saying that right, that high-end, you know, leather bags, leather goods, frou-frou brand. I, for the record, I've never purchased a Hermes Apple Watch band, although I really love the orange one, but I've never purchased one. I will not purchase one because I think it's like, is it a, this is around $500, $600 for that thing. It's crazy. It might be higher. Someone's going to correct me and say, you have no idea. That thing is even more than, I think it's actually around $400 or $500 for some of the leather bands. But ultimately, this article of the hype beast just kind of reminded me, oh, the Apple Watch and how it's really transformed style and fashion from a standpoint of, you know, most of us buy watches. People that are really, really hardcore watch collectors, realistically, they don't, they don't care about an Apple watch, right? The ones that care about the mechanical watches, the old school watches with all those classic timepieces that are worth tens of thousands of dollars. They don't care about Apple watch, but the Apple watch is the number one smart selling phone on planet earth. Sorry. The Apple watch is the number one smart watch on planet earth, not phone. The Apple watch has surpassed sales of longtime classic watch manufacturers now. So there is this shift here and it is really the you know the the standard for smartwatches so who's going to try and take them down who's going to really try because samsung has had the galaxy watch which is specific to the android platform and also what's interesting about that is the samsung galaxy watch 4 actually has two more sensors that we talked about in our last podcast with michael josh that are health related right there's body composition and then there's also blood pressure Apple Watch doesn't have that, and it still hasn't stopped people from saying, oh, whoa, whoa, I want other sensors on here and jump ship. 
So kind of a fun report that is in this universe of Apple Watch news is that Google is planning to launch their very first smartwatch next year, according to a report from the Business Insider. So that would show that, again, we saw this for the first year, the Google Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro, by far the best Pixel phone that we've seen in a long time. And in my opinion, the best phone design of 2021. It was a conversation piece. It was bold. It was classy. I'd argue to say, you know, even though Google isn't, let's say, you know, the big fish in smartphones, I, I there's something iconic to its design, and I hope they continue to roll with that that big camera band. And some people are like, oh, that's ugly. I I just think it looks really bold. And instead of having a big old patch of cameras on there, they really integrate it. It kind of looks like a Daft Punk uh, helmet. Google, right, doing their own processors, building their own hardware, integrating in their own software, arguably making the smartest smartphone with some of their new technologies and features that they work with the camera. So this would signal Google's expansion in creating smartwatch hardware, not just software, right? There's uh, Google's only developed Wear OS, and that's an operating system that they've partnered with Samsung and others to implement into their smartwatch offerings. But according to the report, Google is playing its first watch codenamed Rohan, which will feature a rounded design with no bezels. And, you know, think of some of those concepts of the slick circular Apple watch you've seen. That's what we're expecting from Google. And I, I think what's cool about that is like, there has been a, it's not super vocal. I, I do believe that the Apple watch rounded corner square design is a great design and is the design that makes sense, not only in this era, but specifically with how watchOS is built. And so it's up to Android to create Wear OS for, you know, to even optimize it more for, for us to be like, wow, damn, that'd be awesome. So look, a Pixel Watch sometime next year to kind of, integrate with Apple's product line, I'm sorry, integrate with Google's own product lineup and again, continue to build their own ecosystem. I think the biggest thing that has hurt Google from the Pixel standpoint is just look at how much marketing Samsung throws at people. And over the years, it became, not only are they building out quality products, it became really that iconic brand that you associate with the Android platform. You think of Galaxy, you really do. And you, you don't think of Google as that phone and they don't sell enough for that phone. But um, if we saw any indications of the response we saw from the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro this year being sold out on their website, having shipping delays, and yes, they're not going to manufacture as many as Apple, but the fact that they even got to that point shows that the interest and the demand, and they kind of flipped a switch that peaked to everyone's interest in the tech community to be like, hey, look at what we're doing, and they're going to bring this over to their own Pixel Watch. I'm not saying they're going to pull the rug from under Apple and all of a sudden take... 20% of smartwatch phone sales, maybe they start off with something like 3 to 5% in year one. But I, I think that Google specifically with how they've been developing their software, and if you're okay with the Google ecosystem, some people aren't, is definitely one to watch, especially with the Pixel Watch. I, I think the Pixel Watch could be pretty dang special, but we'll have to wait to see you know what sensors they put on it and what type of smart secret sauce from Google do they put in there? Okay, here's a fun uh, story before we wrap things up. 
You know how much I love my emojis. I love emojis. I love emojis. I love emojis. So if you think about it for yourself, what was the number one emoji that you probably used in 2021 for yourself personally? I'm going to give you a moment to think about it. And I kind of already know, I mean, I'm looking at this article, but according to the Unicode Consortium, they're the group that releases kind of the new emojis that are added every year. At what was the most used emoji of all of 2021? The emoji that accounts for over 5%, over 5% is the crying laughing face. The crying laughing face. The only other one that comes even close was the heart emoji. I use both of those all the time. Oh, so the crying, laughing face, and then the heart emoji. Other top emojis in 2021 include the rolling on the floor laughing face. So that's like the crying face kind of tilted sideways. And then his eyes are more squinty, I guess. You have the thumbs up, the loudly crying face, which is like, not just the two tears on the side. It's like the, the waterfalls coming out of the face. Hands pressed together, whether it's for thanks, prayers up, blessings. The face blowing kiss, which, you know, like it's like the little wink with, the, with your lips like, and it's like, and it's got the little red heart. Sorry, I made that sound that was in your ear. You might, that might've been disturbing for you. Um, also the face with like heart surrounding it, the face with the heart eyes and smiling face. I, I gotta be honest with you. I if I look at my phone, which I put aside and I turn off during my podcast, um, I think all of these, other than the the three hearts around the smiley face, um, these are all probably all in my recent thumbs up, blessing hands for sure, the crying face, maybe not the waterfall crying face, the heart, the kiss, yeah, I use them a lot. Uh, according to the Unicode Consortium, the most popular emojis haven't changed much over the past year. So these aren't necessarily um, a big surprise. In fact, the crying laughing face and the red heart were also the top two emojis used in 2019. Um, It doesn't say what were the top two used in 2020. So at least as far back as two years, the top two are still the same top two. Very nice. Um, And then one, one last story. One last story that I thought was probably maybe the most important because, look, we... We want to find reasons of why promotion displays matter. Well, I am happy to announce gamers on the iPhone. Gamers, listen up. Pokemon Go is now a 120 frames per second option now available specifically on the iPhone 13 Pro and iPhone 13 Pro Max. 120 FPS promotion Pokemon Go. Should we call it Pokemon Go or Pokemon Pro? I'll let you all figure that out. Now, frame rates above 30 frames per second are also available on older phones. Um, And in both cases, you have to manually enable that option. But 120 frames per second of Pokemon Pro. (laughs) I'll stop. Pokemon Go. Now available to take advantage of on the iPhone 13 Pro and iPhone 13 Pro Max. Amazing. Amazing. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks so much for sticking with me over the break. You know, 
I still been pumping out a show every week, and you can always be a part of the show. All you got to do is call in, record a voice memo, applebitshow at gmail.com. We'll put you on the show. And a big thanks to our Patreon Platinum Apples at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for all of your incredible support. Thank you to everyone who continues to allow me to do this. And, oh, I mean, I didn't even mention this. If you haven't seen it already, I mean, I did the Return of the Mac music video, official music video. I put it out on my YouTube. Um, I From every indication of what I'm reading from all y'all, y'all loved it. I mean, that is a true passion project, and that takes so much time to put together and make happen and that would not have been possible without you all supporting my content and allowing me to kind of have some of that breathing room to make a crazy funky fresh music video and those are those moments that like I really get to be creative and have fun and quite honestly like feel like I'm like a high school kid making a video and just but obviously bringing it for y'all so thank you so much patreon.com slash brian tongue is how you support this show starting at two dollars per month goes up to five ten twenty five or the one hundred dollar platinum apple level and you get early access to content bonus rewards at every level and a completely ad-free version of the show plus other perks go check it out patreon.com slash brian tong all right everybody that's gonna do it for this week thanks so much for hanging out we will talk to you soon same bat time same bat channel next week it's the apple bits xl we'll talk to you soon peace Peace.